You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to Life's Mountain Swire Football Podcast Edition. Happy Veterans Day Edition. We uh, one day later, so. You can chill, relax. It's okay. We're still here for you. Most people, uh, I think, have the day off work. MW- uh, I know I do. That's what matters. That's right. Matt Kennelly does. Myself, I do not. However, it's not a big deal. I'm okay. I did yesterday off, so that's cool. That's fine. All right. Our website, mwire.com. Check it out. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we do some Instagram from time to time. All MWC Wire or Mountainless Wire. Just search. You can find us because we're blowing up. Mm-hmm. People apparently uh, enjoy or hate enjoy what we do. I don't know. I think they, I think they mostly enjoy, right? I think so. And I put out a call on Twitter. Maybe I put in a podcast as well. And also, maybe I should mention just at the beginning because I realize, Matt, if we mention it at the end, people probably already know how to get the podcast. Because why do it at the very end? Because you know what I mean. If you're already listening, you already yeah. figured out how to get the show. So if you're brand new, you stumble across the show because you're somebody told you, to, "Hey, this show's pretty cool." They talk about Mountain West because nobody else really does iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a podcast. So if you found it on our website, thank you. Blog Talk Radio, Twitter, if you found us there, it's probably the Blog Talk link. You can use Stitcher, SoundCloud, or, or no, sorry. Dude, SoundCloud, we've been down there for years. Scratch that. No SoundCloud. Pocket Cast, right? iTunes, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn. Even though it's under a different name under TuneIn, you can still find us there. Because I don't know how to change the name from our old site, but it's our podcast still going there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I discovered that last week. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. We want to get to 2,500 followers soon. Fingers crossed, right? We're, we're getting there because we, we're doing good things. All right, let's get to games. I tried to stall long enough to help you. Are you still good? I could have made the joke, Matt, that we needed a day, day off for you to recover from Friday. Yeah, night. I mean, I, I'm still not over it, but that's that's pretty much every Boise loss. So uh, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about okay. me. All right, let's start with that game. Friday night, Boise State hosting Fresno State. Fresno State still has never won when the field has turned blue, unfortunately. Uh, 24-17. Should we start at the end? How do you want to start this one? I mean, we could start at the end if you want to. I don't know that the end matters as much as some of the other things that happened in in the uh, earlier parts of the game, but we could start with the end if you want. It does not because there were, well, if you didn't watch the game, you should have. It could have been index card game 2.0, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So and this wouldn't have honestly it would not have made a difference to the game. There would have been it'd have been a miracle had the outcome changed off of that call. So if you watch the game, Boise State's trying to milk the clock. They uh Alexander Madison runs short or short enough to measure on third down. Yeah. So I went through because I watched the game, I'm like, okay, they there's a timeout. I guess during the timeout or during the commercial break there was a review called to look at it. Mm-hmm. And it was the fastest review later. I maybe it looked up more closely on the field, but typically when you watch the games, it's a close measurement. They pull the they pull the chains out. And the guy comes out. They look down over it just to kind of give it a, a, a good look to make sure because this is really close. It's like link by link. They put it down for seriously. What was it for the TV viewers? Five seconds? Something like that, yeah. Because people in the stadium who were covering the game also were wondering why it was so quickly. So it's not like they put the chains out during the timeout during the commercial break to. to take a over-the-top view, side view, any angle they could look, they were looking at the TV angles, which is fine. It's part of the review process. Because I guess the review technically is review for the spot because there's under – college have the same thing with NFL under two minutes? They review everything? Uh, Yeah, I think so. So it's basically they're looking at the play, and then Tedford couldn't review the review because of that. So there's that, but it was so close. Like, I took screenshots. I put an article up. I'm like, this is kind of silly, and people were kind of, that's not why Fresno lost. Get it, folks. That's not why they lost. It was just such a moment in time where fumbles upon fumbles or falling this, whatever you want to call it, because you take four seconds, literally five seconds to look at the spot to say, oh, that's good. When it's that close, it doesn't make sense, Matt. No, I mean, I think it was more um, bad optics than anything that would have really changed the outcome of the game at that point. I mean, you know, 
<laughs> well, they sent a review out. The Mountain West did an official statement on this. Yeah, and nobody believed it. Me, me too. I'm like, I put it because part of it was we looked over camera angles, this, this, or that. I'm like, okay, fine. That's what you do, right? To make get you want as much information as possible, correct? Yeah, and I mean, you could maybe make the argument that I think the fans from from both sides were making the argument that the rest were just missing calls left and right throughout the game. They were. Like the one thing I pointed out, I think it was sometime in the in the second or the third quarter where it seemed like two Boise State linemen just went for a chop block and and nobody called it. And I was like, what is this? Or the uh... <laughs> and then Boise State were and then uh, Boise State fans were calling like other opportunities, like the the big play to Keyshawn Johnson in the second quarter that set up a touchdown. The out of bounds where he the out of bounds. I guess he established position, but I think the ball may have been in the air before, like as soon as he came in bounds. So it wasn't like it was right away. It's that was very questionable because yes, if you go out of bounds and being forced out, eh, I, I don't know about that. Maybe a little, but to regain position, I don't know if he did in, in enough time. I don't know. Is there a, a you count one alligator, two alligator to figure it out if you're back in play? I, I don't know. That seemed a bit close as well. There's also that uh, was there a PI call I believe that was kind of questionable. I think as well. Yeah. I, oh yeah, yeah, there was. Some, but but. The big thing there, the one play did. So people are like you're blaming. I'm like, did you even read the article? The reason I wrote it because people are freaking out about it. I'm like, okay, that's a cool thing to write about. People want to know. Gathered some tweets, but like the TV angle wasn't dead on. It looked like the chain wasn't pulled back far enough. Because usually the ECM kind of tug at it just to make sure. Cause you never mm-hmm. know. But it just and then they're like, oh, Mountain West. We looked at this closely. TV angle, social media. I'm like, really? You're looking at people's t- photos from the press box? Really? You had time to do that during the game, during the review process, to make sure the call was right? Come on. It just looked bad. And had they taken 15 seconds to look at it, nobody would have cared. Like, oh, that's super close. You could argue either way, but at least they spent the time to look at it. And they did not. Like, this makes the the index card game look like it was official. <laughs> that was more official than this. But should we get to the game, I guess, to actually talk about what happened? Yeah, I mean, because you could talk about the refs all you want, but the refs weren't the one forcing multiple false start penalties. No, or yeah, first half penalties, it, man. Fresno was just shooting himself in the foot left and right. It, you know, they weren't the ones setting up this offense in, in third and long over and over again because that was one of the big things in this game is that Fresno State was only 2 of 10 on third downs, including 0 for 4 on third and long, which was basically nine yards or more. And while you know Boise State was 0 for 2 on third and long themselves, the big difference was – they were seven of eleven when it was third and four or less, yeah, and ten of sixteen overall, which generally speaking had been a strength of the Fresno State defense. But when you look at how those situations unfolded, I think you have to give Brett Ripon a lot of credit because he was the one who was making a lot of those situations and converting them. And not only with his legs, it seemed like they were running a lot more zone read than I anticipated, than I think anybody anticipated. And it seemed like when he got loose, he was getting loose for seven, eight, ten yards at a time. But it wasn't just him either. It was Alexander Madison. Yeah, he, where huge game. It, yeah, he had his biggest game of the year. And that, I think, is a credit to Boise State's offensive line as well as to Madison himself. Because one of the lingering concerns with this Fresno State defense was how is the defensive line going to hold up? One, are they going to be able to get to Brett Rippon? And two, are they going to be able to stop the run game? And I think on both of those counts, they disappointed because they only had one sack. You know, Britt Rippon on passing downs was, uh, what was he, five of seven for 85 yards. And, you know, he was just, he was able to succeed more often than not on early downs and really keep the Bulldogs defense on the ropes. So, you know, while you can look back and see that the the secondary, the Bulldogs secondary had like multiple you know, past defense and stuff like that. It just seemed like it was a situation where when the Bulldogs got pressure on Brett Ripon in the instances that they did, that was when they forced him into mistakes. You know, the one big thing, obviously, was the one interception he threw to Juju Hughes in the end zone that killed what would have been a scoring opportunity. But I remember there was another play where uh, Jeffrey Allison got in unblocked mm-hmm. on, a, on a blitz and just rocked Ripon, and I was like, you, well, you probably don't want to scheme for that in the future. <laughs> um, yeah. But Brett Rippon was on his game. And while his numbers on the stat sheet may not pop in the same ways that 
you know, he has in games past. He was still 24 of 29, 269 yards. He was basically able to do what he wanted to do in this game. And when they needed to turn to Madison, especially in the second half, to try and salt the game away, they didn't have an answer for him either. And that was just a matter of Boise State asserting its strengths over one of Fresno State's biggest weaknesses. Yeah, they Madison just kept running and running. There's that one drive, was it one of the first ones in the second half, where he just ran the ball. It was, I think it was a second touchdown drive where he just kept running and running. They could not stop him at all. And, like, just keep giving him the ball, and he led to touchdowns. And I think it was the uh, – they did two long drives in the second half, the 12-play and the 11-play drive. Well, mm. milk time off the clock was him just running as the uh, second touchdown, I think. Whatever, 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 whatever it was, is all game long where he could not be stopped. And he had, I believe, was that his most yards of the year for Madison, 144? I think so, yeah. But he showed up because he's been hit or miss this year. He hasn't been as great as people thought he would be. But he, but also the Boise offensive line, there's concern because weren't they? They're keep they kind of change their line a little bit here and there. There's always some issues. It seems like. Not this year, but throughout the years before, the protection issues. Oklahoma State, San Diego State, even other teams are getting to rip it in this game. They put it together. And I think it also helps when Madison can run better because if you think of it this way, if he were to run for – I know it changed completely outcome, but if he were less effective either just in any number of reasons of why, Fresno would have had more pressure on ripping. But when that running game is going as good as it is, you can't focus on one thing. You have to be prepared for it all. Yeah, and I mean, there was some, I don't know, questionable decision-making on Fresno State's part. For instance, when they're down seven and they're setting up for a 50-yard field goal. That's a long field goal. Yeah, that. And, I, yeah, because that was, I remember, who was it, Kyle Kenzie or somebody on Twitter, maybe Matt Zemek or something, we chat a bunch. She's watched this game closely. It's third and ten. You're that far out. Matt, why not do a mid-range play where even just running the ball to get four yards, so it's either – okay, we'll kick the field goal because it's 45, 46 yards. still questionable to do that. Or it's fourth and five. You know what I mean? Fourth and mid-range. Mm-hmm. Not going fourth and ten again. Get sub part, get half the yards. Because the, way, the second half, but Boise State, three drives, three touchdowns. What are you going to do? It's like you have to keep point for point. You're not going to stay in this game if you're down 24 to 20. So I felt, yeah, that was very questionable. The pass for a third and ten win, go for it get half the yardage or get some of the yardage so make it easier on your guys i mean interestingly this was another game where kind of like last year's championship game both of these teams really struggled to convert on any in, in the on scoring opportunities and that was especially true for boise in the first half where yeah. after looking at the entire picture it, it just kind of seemed like they were outsmarting themselves a little bit yeah, the fake field because, goal type deal. It's like, yeah, because oh. after after asking Hayden Hogarth to make a fifty yard field goal, which yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe that probably wouldn't have been the decision that I would have made, mm-hmm. and then running the fake field goal because they were moving the ball with Rippin, and so to me it struck them as it struck me as unusual that they were taking the ball out of his hands, but that I think is to me one of the overarching stories of this game and any potential rematch that these two teams are likely to have. Because Boise State had seven scoring opportunities and averaged only 3.4 yards per. Fresno State had six and they averaged under three points per. And so to me, if these two teams meet up again, that is going to be one of those things that um, is going to bear watching, I think. So let me ask you this. What was more concerning in the second half? Was it the offense not moving the ball or the defense allowing Boise just to march down the field? I mean, to me, it was just the defense because... You know, with credit to the secondary, I think they did pretty much everything that they could. But when they aren't getting pressure on Rippin, which is one of the things I wrote in the keys to the game, that they had to do it yeah. in, the, in the same way that they did in both of last year's games. You know, when you're giving that guy time to throw, it seemed like, you know, A.J. Richardson or Sean Monster were getting open every other play. And, and that was especially true on the game-winning touchdown to Khalil Shakir. So, I mean, I don't think it's a situation where kind of like last year's game where I think both of those results turned on a handful of plays. This game was a little bit different just because, you know, it turned more or less on Boise state exploiting things that Fresno state couldn't match. Yeah. Cause last year, the title game was like back and forth. You punt, we punt. They got to rip in more times. He's been sacked or the sack rate was, um, what I mean, let's, let's put it this way. They, they, yeah. Let's put it this way. Both sides kind of made a big deal about that, that, 
physical comment that Brian yeah. Harson made last year. Yeah. But I don't think there's any doubt this time around, especially up front, that Boise State was the more physical team. Yeah, and that, that's very true for looking everything would happen. Like, running the ball as much as he did, yeah, we'll be physical, we'll knock you around, push you over, we'll do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for this going forward, we have these teams could meet again. Maybe, maybe not. Um, for, well, actually, let me ask you this. Um, did you, you, have you filled out your power poll? We haven't posted it yet, but have you filled that out? I have not had a chance yet. Okay. No, I'm doing that later today. Well, let me ask you this really quick. Um, I gave zero thought to putting Boise State number one. Like, I did not consider them at all. Utah State's my number one by far. What is your who? Who are you going to put number one? Um, I haven't really thought about it. I think I'm probably going to put Boise State though. Really? Why? Dex would beat a good team. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, beating you know the the interdivisional matchups. I think in this particular instance are pretty important because. You know, even though they lost to San Diego State, beating Fresno State is a better win than any that Utah State has. True. Okay. No, that's right. I was just curious. I we'll get to Utah State next. I'm just asking if we're going to move into that. I just felt I don't know. Utah State's just rolling better than any team looks by far in the league, and I don't care who you play it. Mm-hmm. But um, so here's how the scenarios play out. We'll get to the next game momentarily. Fresno State has San Diego State next week. Somehow they're a two touchdown favorite. It seems like a lot. Excuse me, but it is what it is. That's what we have there. I so for them to win, all Fresno has to do is win that game or win out essentially. Which mm-hmm. was it? They play San Diego State and then San Jose State. Yeah, that should be fine. <laughs> San Jose State. So beat the Aztecs. They should. It should be Bulldogs. Not gonna host by any stretch. I don't think it's pretty simple. Fresno wins out. They're in. Same with Boise State. They went out. They get in. So that's mm-hmm. that's the scenario. So let's get to the uh, next game: Utah State, San Jose State. Man. Aggies are good, man, right? Same as it ever was. <laughs> this game, there was some small concern because San Jose led in this game for a little bit. They actually had leads. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it two leads, I believe? They had the uh, punt um, return for touchdown, and then I think they just happened to score first or something. What was it here? I'm trying to look exactly. They were up 7-0, right? They scored. Yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. were up. And then they were tied at ten. Ten. Oh, I thought they. I thought they let it get after that. I apologize, but people were freaking out. It's only. It's only seventeen ten. How do they have ten points? We're losing seven to zero to San Jose State. It's like, well, that happened. They had the uh, the special team score, but here's the deal. They nearly says they said school record third most yards ever in the Mountain West. Eight oh four. Jordan Love played what a third of the three quarters of the game again, had mm-hmm. almost five hundred yards touchdown passing, six total touchdowns. Um, yeah, even though he had. Two carries, minus one yard, long of one, and a rushing touchdown. <laughs> That's a great stat there. But this, this is not unexpected at all. Right? I know our buddy Logan joked, put 100 points on the board, but this, there's just nothing stopping them. I know they play the Spartans, but, man, what what else do they have to do to get – they're number 13. They're t- Matt, there are two spots behind UCF and AP pool. Two spots. What's interesting is that they didn't necessarily lean on the run too much to do it either. Obviously, like Darwin Thompson ended up with almost 150 yards – but again, this is the Jordan Love show. Yeah. And and by the first half, you know, he's sporting a line of 25 of 34, 326 yards and three touchdowns. And by that point, it had been supplemented by a couple of big plays on the ground. Darwin Thompson had 74 yards by halftime. Gerald Bright added another 53. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took him a little while to get going, but it ended up being more the same. Yeah. And one thing I like funny, I watched the Mount West video for Player of the Week. They go Jordan Love, a str- an eighty-eight yard strike to uh, Darwin Thompson. That's like a a pass out of a flat to the backfield and took it the rest of the way. It's like mm-hmm. you know what a strike is, buddy. A strike is the downfield pass. Would uh, hey, you know what? Doesn't matter how far it passes. No, no, it'd still be a strike. It, it it was not a strike. It was just kind of no, it wasn't a floater, <laughs> but it's like a pass across the middle to the flat off to the side. A strike is mm-hmm. like consider what a uh, who is it? Uh, Tex was it Will Greer versus Texas? That was a strike over the top of the middle back at the end. Zone. Okay, that's but fair. I'm just saying like. And, and he goes, he's like, an 88-yard strike. You would assume it's a long pass as well. And it's just kind of humorous, like, uh, check your text there. But that's fine. So San Jose State put up 24 points. They swapped out quarterbacks here and there just because they put in Michael Carrillo. Carrillo? Excuse me. I can't speak to it, which is what's new, right? But he, he threw a handful of passes, had a touchdown. They ran okay. But, like, what else do we say about Utah State besides winning? I know they haven't played. There's – the opposite division. They don't play Fresno. They don't play San Diego State. They have an easier time to getting there. But you say you're gonna put Boise State. What is it? Just because 
what you already said, they have the win and they beat a better team. But my reasoning, because guys ask me, like our guy Colin, I'm like, I spent zero thoughts. I'm like, no, because Boise struggled against BYU. They struggled against Nevada and they lost to a San Diego State team, which it's not looking great. They lost to UNLV. So overall body of work, man, Aggies are just rolling. I don't see why anybody else would put them number one. I, I'll, I, well, I won't say why not, but for my reasoning, I don't think anybody could give it to me to put Boise number one. Oh, that's fair. But that's, that's my point. Like, I wish they would play better teams. Like, had they beat Michigan State, they like think of it this way. Not, and we'll hop into your article here in a minute and do the uh, kind of CFP preview, which is Tuesday. Had they beat Michigan State, would they be like in the playoff race? I don't know if they'd be in the playoff race, but they would definitely be in the top twenty-five. Well, no, I, I, my point is like, well, I guess <laughs> where would they be with no losses? Like that was a close game. Like Michigan State's probably going to be seven and five, I think, by the time the year is maybe eight and four. Like. Is that zero the only thing keeping them that far out? Like, if they were undefeated, would they still be, like, 20? Would they be – because if we look at schedule, like, we look at UCF schedule compared to Utah State, they're pretty comparable for SOS-wise. They're not, there's not too much separating them overall. Would they be 10 spots ahead of Utah State? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, put them at 20. Really? Even if they were 8-0 or 9-0? Yeah. Yeah. Why well, they're they're, they're already nine and one. They'd be ten and oh, nine. sorry, ten and us. I'm looking my okay, sorry. But my point is like, is that schedule? And if you look at how they're winning, US, UCF is winning pretty convincingly for the most part, but not as convincingly as Utah State. They're twelve. I have a hard time being. They'd be like putting getting the Marshall treatment, which they kind of are, with the similar SOS and Sagarin and FP, 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 SMP. They'd be that far behind, but I don't know. Committee's weird, right? Yes. So what do you what is, I haven't looked at your article yet. You published it just now as we started podcasting. Do you have the Aggies rank this week? I do. Twenty five? Twenty four. <laughs> is Boise State gonna be ranked? I think they will. Interesting. Well, what's your reason behind I know it's not it's kind of their process thinking, but why uh why do you think they'll be sitting there at twenty five and twenty four? No, actually I have them at twenty three and twenty four. Oh, sorry. Ooh, twenty three, twenty four. Do you have Utah back in the rankings, and I'm assuming? Is that one of the teams? Yes. After they I do. beat up on uh, Oregon, which is a surprise for me. So, yeah, jinx the engine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, so, what's your. So, you, you don't think they'll be much higher than that? That's where they're going to end up being? Kind of the tail end of the 25 spot? I mean, I don't think that there was enough turnover, uh, especially at the bottom, to really justify <laughs> fairly or, or unfairly pushing the Aggies any higher than that. I mean, we've we've seen the committee slow roll teams that beat up on on soft schedules before. You know, I mentioned the Marshall comp last week, and I think that still holds true. Um, but I mean, I think at this point, especially among the teams that have jumped in at the bottom, you know, and I'm thinking specifically about teams like Michigan State and Auburn, both of whom lost yesterday. My guess is that both of those teams fall out. And as well as Iowa, I really hope Iowa's not <laughs> ranked. Um, and so I do have a couple of teams jumping in with the Aggies and the Broncos, and I'm kind of just splitting the difference because looking back at last year's rankings, that was the point at which the Broncos, when they were eight and two last year as well, they jumped into the rankings at this point. But they also did it behind, I think, two different teams that jumped ahead of them. You know, one of them was Stanford, which had beaten Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was, I think, Michigan, if I remember correctly. I don't have the, I don't have last year's top twenty-five in front of me, but yeah, I mean, I think that both of these teams have done enough. You know, they have different reasons, I think, for cracking the top twenty-five at this point. Yeah, it was Stanford and Michigan who came twenty-two and twenty-four at the same week last year. Yeah, because if you and if you don't recall, by this point last year, Boise State had already beaten BYU. Or excuse me, what am I looking at? <laughs> uh, oh, hold on, I'm I'm looking at the wrong part. So last year they had beaten Troy, who had been eight and two. Mm-hmm. They beaten San Diego State, which was also eight and two, and they beaten Wyoming, which was seven and three. So those are three pretty good wins at this point last year. And when you compare that to what the Broncos have done so far this year, I mean, I think that the the common opponents with Utah State are kind of a wash, you know, because you look at BYU, Wyoming, and Air Force, you know, they both had a similar result against the Falcons. Boise 
played a little better against the Cowboys than Utah State did, and Utah State played a little better against BYU than Boise State did. I would argue a lot better. A lot better. But at the same time, you go back to the strength of schedule argument, and Boise State doesn't really have that in the same way that pretty much anybody else you'd consider from the group five does. Because, you know, go back to non-conference play. I mean, UConn's UConn, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't paid attention to Troy, they're 8-2. and And if they beat App State at the end of the year, they're going to the Sun Belt title game. Nevada just clinched bowl eligibility. They're six and four. They could have eight wins by the end of the year. Um, and you know, and they just beat Fresno State, who was a top twenty-five team. So all three of those wins, I think, if I'm if I'm thinking getting in the committee's head, all three of those wins are better than anything Utah State has to offer. So while there have been a few more ups and downs, I mean, I think that we've seen with the litany of second and third tier power five teams that they're willing to rank, that that is enough, I would hope, for Boise State to be able to jump into the top 25 with Utah State. I think you're right because we know they don't look at margin victory because there's a dumb thing where, oh, tally mark if you beat a team with a winning record, tally mark if you beat a team with a losing record, which is lame because... And not basically a nine and one or six or six and five win is the same as is beating a five and six team as an zero and twelve team. I mean, and let's put it let's put it this way: Mississippi State had like one hundred and thirteen yards of total offense against Alabama. That's awful. They're they're six and four, and they're still going to be in the top twenty. I'm almost certain. Is Kentucky? You have Kentucky only two spots after getting embarrassed by Tennessee, who's not ranked and not good. I don't know, man. I mean, they were be- they were eleventh, and based on based off of what I've seen. The committee doesn't really move teams more than like four or five spots after a loss. They unless, move zero like, spots to unless LSU it's like unless Georgia. it's like an especially egregious loss. But none of the teams in the top fifteen or twenty had especially egregious losses this week. That's true. I just think Kentucky should be farther down. Not to say they shouldn't be ranked, but they didn't. Oh, they should. They absolutely should be. I mean, yeah. Mississippi State's only reason for being in the top twenty-five, and I noted this in the article. What, Texas A&M win or something, or Kentucky. Win? <laughs> Who have they beaten? They've scored 16 points total against Kentucky, Alabama. Um, who else have they beat? Who else have they not beaten? Like the offense has just been abysmal against a lot of these top 25. Okay, so long. Kentucky, Florida, LSU, and Alabama. They scored 16 combined points. And zero against Alabama. And, and they're still going to be in the top 20. And it's totally stupid because half the SEC doesn't need to be in the damn top 25. They're not. And you could argue, well, they play good teams, they beat up each other, but Kentucky got embarrassed by LSU, or I keep saying LSU, Georgia. They didn't move down. They stayed the same last time. They lose again to a Tennessee team that's not ranked and not very good. Like, give me five teams, fine. Six, maybe. Like, obviously, Alabama, Georgia, really good. Those are the, and LSU. But Alabama, Georgia are head and shoulders above anybody else. It's like, mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you one other question before we move on. Utah State should be ranked. But you have Boise ahead of Utah State. Man, that's going to make Aggie fans upset, upset Matt. Um, do you think there's this – well, you know, hold on. No Cincinnati. Did they win yesterday? On, they the did. Weekend? Who did they beat? Uh, they beat – Sorry, uh, I was going to ask you one more thing about that. I should, on the fly. They, they, beat, they beat South Florida. Okay. Weren't they ranked last week in the playoff? No. I thought they were 24th. Nope. Okay, okay. Um. So let's think of end of end of season scenarios. Scenarios are getting much more closer now. So in my opinion, as I said on the podcast and on Twitter, and we've mentioned before, either you and me just chat or whatever, Boise has the best strength schedule the rest of the way to get mm-hmm. to get to a group of five game because they already beat Fresno, who's ranked. Um, they're going to play Utah State team, which will be ranked, assuming they all win next week before the finale. And whoever they play in the Mountain West title game, which odds are Fresno State, probably not ranked, but ten win team. Yeah, and because San Diego State, uh, they cannot get to ten wins by that time. So it could be an which would be Fresno on the cusp of maybe who knows they'll be ranked any poll, but they'll be close. So compared to what Utah State plays or even Fresno State plays, they'll play a decent Aztec team, bad Spartan team. If they rematch, obviously Boise, they still have a shot. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to peck in Northern Mountain West, based on I still think Utah State's going to win when they play Boise. It's still I'm still going to lean that way probably the rest of the way no matter what. But Boise has the best chance because, of the, like I mentioned, who they beat. I think what it would take for the – they're not going to sur- surpass an undefeated UCF. Clearly nobody would because, hey, you're undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. Next would be – because we're talking about, well, maybe if Cincinnati wins and gets in. I'm like, well, I think beating UCF 
who's a top 10 team or top 15 team, whatever they're in, whatever ranking, number 12 at the moment of playoff, that would probably jump them above Boise and Fresno State or Utah State. Would that sound about right? I mean, uh, having taken a look at Cincinnati's schedule, I'm not overly enamored of it. Because if you look at their non-conference schedule, they beat UCLA, Miami of Ohio, and Ohio. I mean, you would have expected uh, the Bobcats to be a MAC contender. But ironically enough, Miami of Ohio just beat Ohio last Saturday. So that's not going to do their strength of schedule any favors. UCLA is now 2-8. and eight. Um, You know, yeah. UConn is UConn, as we said earlier. <laughs> they, lost, they lost to Temple. Yeah. You know, and, and Temple's a pretty good team, but I think that is going to damage them. And, you know, South Florida's fraud. Navy's finally, not good this year. Finally, right? <laughs> and, finally while, and while, um, you know, they beat Tulane and SMU, which, by the way, both of those teams could still be in the American title game. Yep. That is not exactly a convincing argument since both of those teams are 500 right now. Yeah, and then Houston's at 7-3, and three, who's kind of stumbled a little bit, but still pretty good. So long story short, Cincinnati's basically in the same boat as Utah State, except Utah State's been much more convincing about beating their beating their opponents. So let me ask you one more one more thing before before we get too deep. I think I'm, this is the week I'm finally going to put the peck in order because we're I don't want to minagle Manimo eight through ten fifteen teams on this because mm-hmm. really like maybe four because there's nobody from the MAC because I guess UAB technically I don't know they're not. Mm. No. no, 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 no. And the only and I didn't really talk about it in the article, but I mean, if you go and look at the best wins by any of these nine or ten win teams elsewhere, it's not really terribly impressive. Yeah, I like the UAB because they do the top ten for Underdog Dynasty. I'm like, can I rank them? Should I rank them? I know they're nine and one. They're back. I mean, they, football, I mean, they, they beat North Texas, but North Texas hasn't been quite as good as anybody they, expected. I mean, I don't think beating North Texas and on the road at Louisiana Tech and and maybe beating Tulane count, will count for something, but <laughs> it's it's not anywhere near a convincing kind of best wins as, for instance, Boise State and Buffalo's in kind of that same boat mm-hmm. too. Like yeah. they're nine and one. I mean, if they win the conference, maybe they sneak in at like number twenty-five or anything like that. But I mean, they oddly enough, they also beat Temple. Everybody's <laughs> um, <laughs> beating Temple, not conference. Yeah, but and I think that maybe it's a different conversation if they had been able to beat Army, but you know, the Black Knights blew them out, mm-hmm. and you know, beating Ohio to clinch the East title might move the needle a touch. But then at that point, Ohio is a five hundred team almost. Sure. And, you know, whoever's coming out of the Mac West, which I think right now North Northern Illinois is leading that they division. Are. Six and oh, seven and three overall, so whatever. And and that's a you know, that would be a solid win that would be. if they can wrap that up. But I don't think that they're a serious threat. But no victory to, to they the, would have would be better than Boise State's I mean at, at this point the realistic conversation for New Year's Day bowl game involves Cincinnati, UCF, Fresno State, Utah State, Boise State. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I was double checking something for Houston. Uh, so here's my order. I think what's going to go in really quick because we need to wrap, take a quick break, and then get to the rest of the games because I know people tuned in just for this. But heck, it's week twelve. We got stuff to talk about. Come on. So mm-hmm. obviously UCF number one by far, the next best team, and this is based on best case scenario. Like if they kind of win out, like I could go through and do one, two loss Boise, one loss Utah State, two loss Utah State, blah blah blah. But I would say the order of chances are. UCF undefeated. Well, I guess the bigger biggest thing is let me backtrack one quick thing. I would say for Utah State fans or Boise State fans, you want UCF to lose, but not to Cincinnati. Because I still think Cincinnati could be higher up because that's a, a that would be the best win for any of these teams overall. Mm-hmm. So I would probably go UCF undefeated clearly. A, a because it's. It's hard. I'm looking at divisional stuff, but I'd say I'd p- probably put a one-loss Cincinnati second. You think so? I think so, because if they beat UCF, that's the best one anybody has, and they're going by victors and who you beat, even though UCF beats nobody. So it's like, so, <laughs> so do you think that if Cincinnati beats UCF, that would be a better win than either Boise or Utah State beating up on each other? Yeah. UCF's number 12. We have to. That's what we see in front of us. They're ranked – much higher than any other team. They'd be the highest ranked team anybody's beaten. So yeah, you'd have yeah. to say that. Oh, okay. Based on the rankings, how can you argue? They're the, they're the best team. Mm-hmm. And the playoff committee goes off their rankings. 
right? So what else are they going to use? That's my. I know they do, but that's my point. I think I don't like it, but I'd probably go UCF number one undefeated clearly. One loss Cincy beating UC, only if they beat UCF clearly, but that's the only way to get in. Um, I would then probably say probably Boise two loss and then a one loss UCF if they don't lose to Cincy but still get the title game. And then I might put Utah State number four one loss. Does that sound about right? That would be hilarious if, if UCF beat Cincinnati but lost to South Florida at the end of the year. I'm just saying that's a possibility because South Florida is yeah. not great, but they're not bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're cap- Here's the thing. South Florida, here's the reason why it's probably not going to happen. They, in conference play, have only scored 157 total points. Mm-hmm. They're not very good offensively, and they've given up the most points. Out, well, not the most points, but more points than UCF, Temple, Cincinnati, Tulane, and them. Like, they're giving up a decent amount of points. They're near the bottom of points allowed. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen, but I, I do think UCF, because let's I'll play a scenario one more time, they'll move on. Say Cincy gets ranked this week, say they're 25, which could happen. Since he beats UCF, they're going to jump Boise, jump Utah State the ranked, and be, what, 20 maybe? They're ahead of all those teams. And, and uh, I don't know. I, you, you convinced me Boise could be closer than we think. It's going to be tight. I would put Cincinnati super close, though, just because that win would trump anything else anybody has. Thinking about this too much is just going to make your head I know. Hurt. That's why I've tried to – I need to write it down. So let's move on. Let's take a, a quick timeout, and then we'll be back to uh, talk about the rest of the games. All right. Hope you enjoyed your fresca. Dr. Pepper, water, whatever you had in that moment. We, me and Matt have calmed down, I believe, after our honestly two-second break for us, maybe a minute for you. What's next, Matt? What game should we go to next? Should we do Air Force, New Mexico? Not quite as explosive as I think everybody hoped. And by everybody, I mean me. <laughs> I thought it could be more points as well, so I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. There are a decent amount of points. So the, hey, explosiveness, personal best were achieved mightily for Air Force in this game across the board. That's true. Plenty of personal bests, like, uh, let's see, uh, Fagan, career high. Remsburg, career high. I think Damon, Damon, who started quarterback, Donald Hammond, career high rushing. So give credit to those guys who had career best in uh, beating up on New Mexico. Kudos. 42-24. Mexico's a mess, man. Did they did they uh, spin the dreidel to see who's got to be quarterback? <laughs> I mean, I didn't get to watch as much of this game as I would have liked. Do we happen to know why they chose to move away from Gerhardt and put in Sharon Jones? Um, from what I could tell... They were there's question of health wise, anyways, for Eric Gerhardt because he had the what plantar fasciitis earlier in the year, mm-hmm. so he played a little bit last week, and then it was just kind of they weren't they're not winning very well. They like look how he's playing. I don't have an official reason he he didn't have a pick. He threw he was efficient seven to nine, but it could have been they're down twenty one seventeen. But I don't I'm trying to find a real reason. I thought I read up on seeing why, but I do know his foot thing. Maybe it was a health issue. Overall, I'm gonna try to search really quick, but. See, that's why we should prepare a bit more for the show a little bit. However, it did. It, would it have mattered, Matt, who would have been quarterback the whole way? Do you think it made a difference? I mean, I guess not. I was just curious. <laughs> I didn't see anything official on it because it's. I can't go through and read it, watch every press conference. And the, as much as the, I love the Albuquerque Journal for a lot of things, mostly basketball with Jeff Graham was amazing. Football leaves something to be desired sometimes. However... It's, I th- I'm going to go with the injury-wise thing, why that he came in and came out. Plus, Davey kind of said before the game they'd probably play both guys. So it's not too, it's not too surprising why he got switched out. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world. Obviously, there were a lot of turnovers on both sides. You know, Air Force had three, oddly enough, to New Mexico's two. But, you know, Air Force's stars came to play. You know, Jordan Jackson had two sacks. You know, uh, the, what am I looking at right now? <laughs> Sorry, I lost track of myself on the page. Um, and then, as you mentioned, they were just running all over the place. They averaged, what, seven yards a carry? This is probably their best, one of their better outputs of the year by quite a margin. I mean, I, maybe we should give credit to, to New Mexico punter Tyson Dyer. Did you see the highlight Ooh, of that fun he had? Oh, boy. That was 86 yards? 84 yards, which is the longest punt in New Mexico history pinned at the one yard line so you got him punting it booming it down the field a nice bounce and then the the, the uh return or excuse me kick team it's like we got this for you we're gonna save you we're not gonna go in the end zone get you a net of only 64 we i think f- he need, i think he needs a cool nickname what do we got for him i don't know <laughs> but we are we are open to, to suggestions what's at his, mwc wire what's his name again tyson dyer tyson dyer that's a pretty good name by itself and, he, and he's and he's from australia 
Naturally. Yeah. How did how did Utah not pick him up? They have pretty good punters. That's a really <laughs> they good seem, question. They seem to have every punter there in Utah. Wachnowski, um, Tom Hackett, a lot of good guys. Back like they keep winning the awards, but it's he it's a uh, he's averaging really quick forty four point seven yards per punt. It's pretty good career wise, which I think this is his first year playing too. So, so what's interesting too is that you know Air Force broke out in unexpected ways too. You know we we haven't really talked about the tight end position ever with regards to the Falcons. Why should we? That's but, just, just but, because but, what they typically do. But Cade Wagaspak did have three catches, fifty-one yards, and two touchdowns. So maybe we should give a shout out to that too. Yeah, forty-three long. They've been like, and then Ham. There's the will they, won't they play? So like, Hammond is one of the better passing QBs they've had in a while. So he found mm-hmm. him five or six, one forty-five. He found him, which is huge. And so he, I don't. He might. He looking at what he's done all year. Maybe he could be like a second team tight end, possibly. I don't know. It's hard to do so when you have a couple games without any catches and miss two games, but. For a tight end, the Air Force typically his job typically is block, block and block some more, and try not to chop block with the new rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but Air Force here's the thing: Air Force they are um, in position for a bowl scenario because they did a bowl projection. There's still a way eight teams could be going bowling, even though Air Force and Wyoming play each other. Mm-hmm. Because we already mentioned before the APR situation, so they would need to for the to have eight teams possible lose to Wyoming, beat CSU, and then. Not other teams fill their spots, but they've been playing pretty well of late. Like I know the Army game was close. Boise they played reasonably close. Like they've had like look at the for the whole year, their record is deceiving. I would say overall, because they lost to FAU by only less than touchdown. Utah State they had chances. That was probably Utah State's toughest game outside of Wyoming. Only ten points. They nearly beat Nevada, who's quietly becoming really good. They lose like all these games they lose are less by ten points or fewer. So while the record's four and six, they're probably really better than that, I'd say. Well, and that's because they've been really up and down on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And I think that maybe you can make a pretty decent case that, what, this is their most complete game of the year, other than maybe the uh, the Navy win? They got the three turnovers. It's not helpful. Yeah. But, I mean, I think all things considered, this is kind of what you expected to see maybe a little bit more of. You know, we're an offense that knows how to score and a defense that maybe is a little bit, you know, bend but don't break. Yeah, defense is a bit better than we thought a little bit because usually their defense isn't very good overall just because of myriad of reasons, restrictions, height, weight, size, that stuff. Defensive mm-hmm. lines usually quicker, not brute strength. But the, look at this. This running game is what we expect. I think that's part of it too, this game. All those guys I mentioned who had career highs, personal best in this game. Like even mm-hmm. Berto had 85 yards on, on a 50 long run. They had three plays of 37 or more on the ground. The all their passing plays, or excuse me, three of their passing plays are forty plus. That's like quintessential, or is that the right word? Tip. <laughs> what am I thinking of? That's what Air Force wants to do. Let me go a small dollar words there. They run, 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 big run plays, and then go deep over the top and beat you. Or long passing plays. That's what they did. And yeah, New Mexico's not great, but they've been okay in defense sometimes. But look at the lob was like Gerhardt was sacked, or the QBs were sacked five times. Look at that pressure. Seven TFLs hurried once. Overall passing for New Mexico is what you expect, like 13 of 18, 186 when you combine the two guys in the pick. That's fine, right? It's just they have no running game. No, they do not. That's their issue, and so we'll see how they go moving on. But is Bob is Bob Davey going to survive this year? I think it's time to start asking the question. I mean, if they haven't done it by now. I know there's money. I mean, issues, I'm just, sports, I'm just thinking drops, that – I'm just thinking that if they haven't fired him at this point – then you know, he's at least going to get to the end of the year. Will he and, make... then, and then who knows? That's what I mean. Will he... I, I didn't mean fire him now. I mean, will he be fired at, once the season ends at 3-9? and nine? I think that depends entirely on how competitive they look in the last two weeks. All right, they get Boise next week, which they've been a thorn on their side. Lord. No, they're not going to win that game. Listen, hear me out. Come on. I know they're not, but I'm saying especially... – They're not going to be a thorn on the side. Whatever the line is right now, just take it. <laughs> All right, let me say this though. They have—I was going to say they have been, but not with this new offense that doesn't run the ball in unique sets like they've done before. Yeah. So, maybe will they score ten points? Possibly. Will they? I don't know. No, no it's not going to. No, you're right. Take whatever. Let me find out right now because lines are we're doing this Monday. It's my. It's Boise uh, plus twenty on the road. Yeah. Take lay those twenty points. All right, that's Matt's uh, pick of the week. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, um, next next matchup. What do we got here? 
uh, we get uh, Nevada 49, Colorado State 10. Is Mike Bobo going to have a job soon, too? <laughs> Serious. This team give. Did you read what? I, I don't know if you read it, but Colorado and Kyle, Kyle Lytle, Lytle did an opinion piece um, basically saying the team has given up. And he's not wrong. <laughs> Outside of Preston Williams, he's not really wrong. I mean, yeah, I guess not. They are just. They're bad. It's like, okay. Not this okay. Give, I'm giving Nevada a ton of credit. They're going to finish with eight wins, most likely, which is kind of what we thought. And congrats, congrats on being bowl eligible. But this game was 28 0, 49 to 0 at one point. Mm-hmm. They, here's one good thing about um, Bobo, I guess. He did stick with Colin Hill the whole time. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm looking for anything, man. Preston Williams had a nice touchdown at the end of the game. He's really good. He's probably not going to stay for another year of this mess. He's probably going to NFL. But. Nevada, man, whew. And the funny thing was, I was chatting with somebody on Twitter. Like, they're like, Nevada could be like 9-1 if not for a couple breaks. I'm like, really? You scored three points first for us. No, you get beat in the face by Vanderbilt. I'm like, no, maybe 8-2 at best, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe so. But are we uh, – what's, what's the deal with Colorado State, Matt? They couldn't run the, – it's the same story. They throw – here's the different, only difference. I'm sorry, I'm going to answer the question myself, apparently. Um Here's what we know. They don't run the ball well, and they brought in the quarterback who's still not completely healthy, and they couldn't throw the ball. Typically, Carter Samuels would, run, would throw for, what, 285 and probably have at least three touchdowns in this game. Something like that, yeah. So what's the deal with the Rams? You want to know what the deal with the Rams is? I would like to know your deal with the Rams. I've seen this before. Where? The, this, year's, this year's Rams is the 2015 Fresno State Bulldogs. Well, what happened in 2015 Fresno State? I'm trying to they, went, they went 3-9. and nine. This was the year before they finished with the worst record in program history. Okay. And I'm not saying that, that CSU is going to follow that trajectory ex- exactly. <laughs> They're on track. But, but we've, see, like, we've seen the same kinds of things. Erratic quarterback play. Mm-hmm. You know, a run game that really struggles. You know, <laughs> maybe they have one more good receiver that they just aren't able to take advantage of. Oh, besides like, Johnson you... was out this game too. So there's that, which... Yeah, whatever. Which that means. oh, by the way, Preston Williams had 17 targets. Did you realize that? Jeez. Oh, they threw the ball 40 times, 17 <laughs> times to Williams, which is kind of insane. And only caught seven of them, so I'd missed part of this game. I didn't see everything, but I saw the score. I'm like, I had to record it because I was watching the more competitive aspects Rebels game. Rebels game. And and oh, by the way, a defense that can't stop anybody. With a new defensive coordinator. Yeah. And a new offensive coordinator, which is technically the same because Mike Bobo doing everything. It's, I know that it's $15 million buyout, but how much more can they take of this? They're like, stuck, dude. They're stuck unless their boosters want to pony up. David I've, seen, they, I've seen this before. Sure, they have a new AD, don't they? Because Parker stepped – or not Parker. Um, who The businessman before us who helped get the stadium built stepped down or was fired or whatever. Are they – would he want to bring in his own guy? Here's the thing. I don't, I don't think they can afford to, dude, to be they, honest. They play Utah State next week. <laughs> oh, Lord. Senior day. Mm-hmm. Can we get Utah State to 80 points this year at least once, please? Wouldn't that, I mean, they would have to play all four quarters. Imagine if they did, though, against any team. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Um, side note, how come Love's not a Maxwell finalist or semifinalist? That boggles me, too, or whatever they're doing. Um, anything else we need to discuss about this? Do we need to talk more glowingly about the Wolfpack? Gainsy, 404, four TDs? Well, Totua, I mean, we... the running back of the future for the conference? I mean, maybe we haven't talked enough about how well the defense has played. Heck yeah. You know, because, and even with, you know, losing a couple of key pieces up front, they still came out and had five sacks against the Rams. That's huge. And it wasn't even all Malik Reed. Like, he did what? have a sack. He didn't but, have you know, all five sacks? Come on. He did not have all five sacks, oddly <laughs> enough. But, um, you know, he did have one of them, to give him credit for that. Good for him. But their linebackers really stepped up. You know, Dom Peterson had a sack and a half. Lucas Weber had a sack and a half. And, you know, they just dominated on both sides of the ball. Like, it, it may not show up quite as much on the stat sheet on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, how many yards per play did Colorado State actually average? Not many. Not many at all. I, I don't have in front of me, though. They I had mean, let's put it this 265 way. overall, I think. Is that right? 295? What's fascinating is that, you know, if you look at the uh, the football study hall, the five-factor box scores that they put up every single week. All Nevada. One of the things that they always do that Bill Connolly does is he lists like the different 
margins per, you know, by per play, top 10 field position margins, and so on like that. So among the weekend's games, Nevada had a plus 5.2 yard per play advantage on Colorado State. The only game that was more lopsided than that was Pitt's win over Virginia Tech. Oh, boy. They had a 31% success rate advantage, which was third among the weekend's games. So, yeah, you, Nevada was pretty dominant on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help also when they go 6-20 to 20 on third downs for CSU. Um, Nevada's only 4 of 10. But really quick, um, did you know Nevada is second in the conference in sacks? That does not surprise me. They're only behind Boise State in league play and non-league play and overall. They're like what we expected them to be. Like it's like we said for New Mexico years ago. If they were when they were humming and won the when they shared the Mountain title, if their defense or it's what we say, San Diego State. If they're for the Lobos, if their defense was about average, or if the Aztecs' offense, like passing offense, was above average, they'd like be pretty much unstoppable. Not that Nevada's unstoppable, but being an above average defense at this point, which they are in yards per play. In league play, they're what fourth or fifth, about five yards of play given up. Mm-hmm. They are a team that should be reckoned with, and we'll see what happens like going forward next year. But their defense just slowly, which was terrible last year, couldn't stop the run. They've improved week by week this year, like, and then they're they've won three in a row. You know I mean, they almost beat Boise State. They were close to beating them, close to being four and zero, and being in the a serious contender of the West Division had they beat Boise State somehow. Well, they technically still have a chance, do they not? Uh, I have to pull up the standings here. They have two league losses. They do. They lost. They lost to Fresno, but they did beat San Diego. Ooh, so, if Aztec, so I think ooh, if, if, I remember, if I remember, there's a chance, right? Yeah. So if I remember correctly, the Aztecs need to win next week and lose against Hawaii. <laughs> Easier said than done. It's true. Uh, well, and and then Fresno would need to lose to san diego state it wouldn't matter what they do against san jose state i don't think you know this week means it means it's time to pull out the crazy prediction to go into the conference time <laughs> we need fun content right who wants fun content when you're when there's some end of the season some games matter than others so we want to make every game interesting we'll find reasons to watch all these games not that you need more reason but if you're not a fan of said team we will help you find a reason to root for the rival or something so it's uh, gonna get real weird so right now, Bobo will be head coach in 2019. Will be on the sideline. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think it's 15 million is too too pricey. All right, so let's go to the um. <laughs> oh man, UNLV San Diego State. Nobody's if you saw this coming, you are a complete homer and don't or not built based in reality. No, you're just a liar. Yeah, or you're nobody. Nobody. Or or you're certain people on Twitter who get after us. You say UNLV hoops will finish third in the conference. It's like, slow down. The one person. The one person, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know who that person is. You know what we're talking about. People know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 27-24. No Armani Rogers, which was not too surprising. Jillian did pretty well. One pick, one touchdown. Aztecs. I thought, the reason I thought this would be easy one, because I was under the impression from what hearing coaches were saying all week, it was going to be Christian Chapman the whole time. Like, he was going to get the start and play a ton. He only had 8 of 10 completions. Agnew was not as good, 14-26. But this is a team for Rebels, switching back and forth, where, you know what, Matt? When Lexington Thomas shows up, this team can actually be pretty good. And he did show up, right? Yeah, yeah 133. And two touchdowns. Bad. And a long of 75. And the defense had the interception to win the game late to finish the, finish the game. And also, this game was almost even a bigger blowout, but there was a, a holding call called back that could have made it 34-24. Like a huge like they're going to run out the clock. It was such a sweet play. It was mm-hmm. I think it was Tom, yeah, Thomas ran down the field did, like it looked like oh, it was third and four, so basically get the first down, take the knee, you're going to win. It was that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. He takes the ball, does like a oh, I'm just going to go quietly and just kind of give himself up. He did what Deion Sanders used to do on kick returns, kind of do not a side step, but kind of the kind of the slow high kick a little bit to kind of fake yeah, a step out the of bounds. Yeah, high step or whatever. Kind of like a, a shutter, like a stutter high step. But it looked like he was going to slow down and just, oh, he'll tackle me, whatever. No, he cut inside and beat everybody. He would have had almost 200 yards had that play counted. But there is a qu- sort of questionable call. So this game really could have been 34-24. But this brings me back to what I said earlier. Matt, San Diego State's offense needs to be better to be passing offense to be good because also John Washington only had 66 yards. I mean, I think that 
the UNLV defense, we've, we've given them a lot of grief, and I think rightfully so, for how they have played over the last month. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but yeah. they deserve a ton of credit for making big plays when it mattered most. You know, Jericho Flowers obviously had the interception, yeah. but they had five they had five pass breakers as a team. They had eight tackles for loss, three sacks, and they just they held San Diego State in check just enough to give the offense a chance because the offense, by and large, had never really been the problem other than being you know turnover prone. Like they had found a way to adjust by just throwing it more, which in this case I think worked out pretty well for them because you know Max Gilliam didn't. He didn't necessarily light up the scoreboard, but he was 16 of 24 in 237 yards and a score. And they finally had a receiver kind of step up on a on a consistent basis. Obviously, Darren Woods had the big 77-yard catch, but he was over 100 yards. And without digging deep into it, I'm pretty sure that's the first time all year long that UNLV has had a 100-yard receiver. No, they had, I think, the freshman or, Collins or did they? ago. Oh yeah, Tyler you're Collins right. had a, he actually had uh, two, in fact, but he had that huge game with four touchdowns against San Jose. But you're but right, but Gilliam stepped up in yeah. situations where they needed him to step up. You know, not only was he 16 and 24, but on passing downs, he was eight of 12 for 77 yards. That is a huge step in the right direction for them. This was a job-saving win for Tony Sanchez, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Because I, even though we mentioned before, give him like six years at least. He has an extension. Clearly, he's going to stick around, but. Beating San Diego State is a pretty big rival. Mm-hmm. And you would 27 24, you're not going to the bowl game. And also, the way they've been losing games, like they haven't just been losing before this. They're losing bad. The New Mexico game, yeah, losing Utah State just the way they did in the first half was embarrassing. Getting crushed by Fresno, losing to San Jose State, and then they come out and beat San Diego State. It's like, this is good for them because they're, that's, I've been an advocate for Sanchez because give them six years, give them some extra time. Look what. Like, we kind of joked about Kentucky earlier. They kept Stoops around, and look what they're doing now. They're a competitive team, SEC, top 15, according to playoff ranking. But mm-hmm. good win for them. Bad lo- Well, yeah, I'll still say it's a bad loss for the Aztecs because they should have won. It's a bad loss for them, yeah. Yeah, because the way Rebels have been playing, there's no reason this game should have been that close. Even though we know when Aztecs play, here's the thing, too. They've been skating by. People power pull, like, our rankings always. How can you have Aztecs here? I'm like, they've been skating by. Like, if they were seriously, like, a 10-0, or nine and one, or just say just a Stanford loss. Had they beaten Nevada and UNLV, they probably ranked, but I still want to be confident putting them that high because every single game they've had outside of one has been a one-score game. This is the it's eighth State. straight. This yeah. is the eighth straight game they've had that's eight, decided by eight points or less. Yeah, and they it's finally catched up to them to Nevada and UNLV. It's like at some point you got to blow some not blow somebody up, but win comfortably when you're favorites. And mm-hmm. it's I I know there's issues with injury being health wise, but I know they had they said Chapman was back and he didn't play as much as we thought he would, and Washington did okay. And so outside of give Greg give credit though real quick to Wilson Jr. Man Tim Wilson two TDs 121 yards or 123 on only five catches, good for him. But man, Aztecs are currently a two touchdown dog to Fresno State. That sounds right. All right. So anything else we'd add this week because we've got our, our traditional one hour show. I think we're all set. We are, are game, do we have Friday games this week? We do. We got Boise State at New Mexico. Uh, really? Do we have to watch that? No kidding. <laughs> yes, we, we do will, have to watch we that. Will, yes. no, we will tune in to watch it. I will keep one eye on that and maybe, uh, who knows, maybe one eye Saturday morning after the recording comes out in my DVR to finish it up. Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of games next week. Every game's in action. Um, really quick, we actually have, is it six official eligible teams now? Or is that where we're sitting at? I believe so, yeah. Right, let me double check. I wrote that article. I should know. We have one, two, three, four, no, five. And who would have thought the West Division is going to have more, likely more bowl eligible teams in the Mountain Division? I guess we'll find out. Well, that's already a fact. Well, no, technically not. But um, here's the thing there could be four bowl eligible teams. Or, excuse me. Oh, geez. Let me think. Four. I'm looking at four and six. There could be eight. So right now we're sitting at five. Is Hawaii. I, I want to give a sneak peek for Friday next show, Matt. Is Hawaii going to get it done? UNLV, that's your last chance. <laughs> I think they will, yeah. Okay, we'll wait till next week, next show to get some more uh, feedback on that. We will be back um, sometime this week, um, probably our typical Thursday morning. I will be hustle to get this out. Again, sorry this is out on Monday. Depending on your listening afternoon, we had stuff going on because 
Why not? We could take a day off, right? It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. People, a lot of people have the day off work today. Not me, but that's okay. I work evening, so I'm cool with it. Um, thanks for listening. Again, you can subscribe. If you don't, if you just found us, tune in, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, anywhere fine podcasts are found. Wire is our website. Also, a ton of basketball stuff coming out. We have um, – check out Matt, your piece right, that's up right now about – Here's my projection for the playoff ranking. We're hoping you're sort, at least right on the teams. Maybe the order could be a few bits higher. We can only show up, right? Fingers crossed. Check that out. Again, basketball. Um, we'll probably do Hoops Podcast, me and Eli Betker, probably every other week going forward until league play starts. But thanks for everyone who tuned in, and we'll see you next time.